right, welcome to the Sober Heathen Podcast. I'm Scott, I am the Sober Heathen. Thank you for listening. Uh, it is much appreciated. Uh, all the feedback that you guys give me, um, good and bad, has been has been uh, well-received in the fact that uh, um, you're communicating and this podcast is getting out to people, so I really appreciate that. Make sure to uh, find us wherever you listen. Uh, Rumble, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast. We're all over the place. Uh, I've, I've actually come to find out that Rumble has a pretty decent following on the podcast. We've got over 114, uh, I think it's 114 um, subscribers on, on Rumble. I, I did not anticipate that. kind of came out of nowhere. But that's pretty cool because um, that's automatically monetized. So, yeah, if you listen on Rumble, go ahead and do that. Uh, they'll play some ads for you. Maybe one day that can help the podcast grow a little bit. Uh, but anyway... The important thing to do if you'd like to support the podcast and the guests that are on here is to like, comment, subscribe, uh, give us feedback. Uh, that'll add to the algorithms that are out there and that'll make their stories pop up more so people can listen to them. Um, and of course, I get a phone call right as we're starting, but we're going to ignore that because this is more important. Uh, today, Robert is back in the podcast. Robert was on the podcast uh, a little while ago uh, with Dan, uh, kind of split them uh, or put them together because uh, of a scheduling error on my part. So, Robert, come back to to talk a little more. I'm glad to have you, Robert. Uh, give uh, the listeners a little refresher on who you are, where you're from, and uh, we'll have a great, great conversation today, man. All right. My name is Robert. I have been uh, in and out of 12-step recovery for literally over 30 years. Um, you know, my drug of choice is pretty much what do you got and uh so i found the rooms 12-step rooms when i was in my early 20s because I, I saw the train coming down the track as my stepdad used to say which i always hated but now that i'm old i know what he was talking about but um i was young and i knew that i was going to be able to figure out how to do this thing successfully and that uh you know obviously that's not the case but I was in and out, in and out. And then, uh, you know, fast forward. So I kind of moderated enough over my life to uh, not crash and burn all at once. You know, they say, like Neil Young said, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Well, I guess I was fading away. Um, got to be 53 years old, still trying to party like I was 20 years old. Ended up having a stroke. Um, thankfully, did not die. And uh, I knew enough about 12-step recovery that I knew that it was going to be the only way I was going to be able to finally get this thing arrested. And um, But I also knew that it was because I wasn't working it the way it was designed to be worked. So I got back into it with the renewed uh, vengeance, got a sponsor, and uh, got into the literature and went to meetings and started paying attention to what people were telling me. And so now my clean date was uh, the, the 8th of May. I just picked up a year clean, sober, you know, Woo! abstinent from everything. So, yeah, I know that's first time in 35 years. So that's saying something. But um, I'm just, you know, I'm glad I'm still alive. I didn't die. So that's good. They say jails, institutions, and death. Well, you know, I'm two out of three, you know, we'll try not to go for, for a, you know, hat trick or whatever yeah 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 and i think we talked about it when, when we had the uh the previous podcast you know the the stroke wasn't enough to make you stop right the the oh no yeah. i was still i thought it would be 
but I was still uh, lost my license. I was still taking Ubers up to the bar to meet my drug dealer and, uh, you know, getting drunk. And, you know, I thought, you know, Hey, this is it. You know, almost died. Now I can, uh, have the intestinal fortitude to do what I've been needing to do, but no spoiler alert. I was, you know, still using and, uh, drinking, doing what I could do to, to numb my, my fears and, and, uh, so yeah, so I was like, okay, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to, you know, fall back and punt on this one, and uh, <laughs> went some outpatient rehab, and uh, you really got reintroduced to twelve step recovery, and uh, you know, and so you know, now the rest is history. So then let's uh, let's get your take then on this. Then a lot of times you'll hear people that uh, either haven't uh, had anybody uh, in their life suffer through addiction. Or maybe they were, as the big book talks about, maybe they were a certain type of a hard drinker, as the as the words used in the big book, meaning that <clears throat> a significant change in life or, or circumstance can you can quit and walk away from it. Um, but the true alcoholic, you know, it's a little different in that story. So, what's your thoughts on? So you, you know, you had a stroke, which is you know terrifying, um, and so talk about choice, like. You have a you have a stroke. It's something that's terrible and 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 shocking. And you know, I've had the experiences of waking up in the hospital several times. You know, uh, innovated. You know, a tube down my throat, strapped to the bed. No idea how I got there. And, and you would think these type of things would be enough to change it. Talk about choice. Is it a choice? No, I always uh, say that I was using against my will because, I mean, you know, I would, and we talked about on the last show, you know, I'd wake up every morning feeling like ass in a bowl saying, this is it, you know, I'm done, I'm not doing this anymore. And, uh, you know, not really think about it too much during the day. And then, you know, it's getting ready time for the liquor store to close. And all of a sudden I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I got to get some alcohol so I can sleep tonight um or check out or whatever it is and uh, so yeah it was clearly against my will definitely i i like to think that i was doing it because i wanted to for the vast majority of my life but when it got down to the end and the rubber meet the road and i'm like okay i gotta quit doing this or i'm gonna die and i'm still taking an uber up to the bar to meet my drug dealer <laughs> clearly something is not right there so yeah, it was against my will for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's a great way to put it. And I, I wrote down "ass in a bowl." I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that one in the future. It felt like <laughs> "ass in a bowl." That's fantastic. Uh yeah. So I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, for me, it's like I heard it put one time that my habit turned into obsession. It was no longer a bad habit. It was an obsession. It had, I had to get alcohol in my body. I had to find a way. Uh, you know, every single day to get it. But, and, and I think we talked about this too, you know, um, I woke up with the, with the desire and the will to stop almost every single day or the every single day I'd say, all right, I'm going to drink today. I'm going to quit tomorrow. I was always going to quit tomorrow, you know, and that was, and I meant it every time. It just didn't go out that way. Did you ever do that yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it and the thing that always tripped me out was how much I really believed it every morning when I made up my mind that I was going to be able to successfully not pick up that day. And 
And then, you know, how easy it is to just, you know, the, the, the big book talks about the insane thought. So it's just like later in the day, like, well, of course I'm going to drink tonight or I won't be able to sleep, you know, which yeah. is like, um, or whatever excuse it is. Oh, well, you know, I didn't realize my boss was going to be a jerk to me today. You know, now I have to drink. It's yeah. just, you know, a guy could dismiss it so easily. And as far as when you said, you know, tomorrow, you know, I would do that too, but there was a song that where they say tomorrow never comes. So, I mean, you, you know, it's always, you know, putting it off until the next day or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to celebrate. This is going to be the last time I'm going to blow it out. You know, I remember the last time that I, that I actually used the day before my clean date. Um, I had talked about in the last podcast where I, you know, I went out drinking well i didn't even go out drinking i went out and had a beer at the movie theater and then in my 12-step fellowship you know they were saying i had to reset my sobriety date and i was like well okay but if i'm gonna do that you know i'm gonna earn it i'm not gonna pick up a white chip for one beer so i went and hooked up and it had been 60 days and i met up with the guy up at the bar where he usually hangs out and he's like well i ain't seen you in a while and i said yeah it's been 60 days and uh so you know, I said, well, you know, I'm, let me get some extra, you know, I'm, I'm going to get more than I usually get because it's going to be the last time. And, uh, you know, I was, it, it wasn't like I was satisfied, like, oh yeah, that was the, that was really what was missing from the last 50 some years. Of, yeah. You just got that little extra bit and now everything's okay. No, I still was Jones and just as bad when it ran out. <laughs> You know, and still had to you know, have some landing gear to drink to go to sleep. So it was all the same. Yeah, it never changes. And that's, I mean, it, uh, you know, it, it, that's that's something that uh, anybody that's listening to this that's struggling early on, you have to realize, you know, when people tell you that, you know, you, you put a, a few months, you know, you put a couple years even, uh, you just listen to the stories, uh, you go back to it, it'll pick up right where it left off maybe not the first time maybe you do go out and have a beer or two but uh typically if you keep testing the waters you're going to end up right back to where you were if not worse but i it's if you're willing to talk about it man I, I would really like to to dig into this a little bit you know you went out to the movie theater and you had a beer and so talk about that feeling when you went back and you were you know you were honest about it and you went back into your meeting and you shared that you had a beer and how, how did they react and how did you feel walking out of there well, I mean, it, it was real interesting because so I didn't say anything the day afterwards because, you know, the first thing that was really interesting is it talks about in the in the big book, the phenomena of craving. So, you know, and I think I shared about in the last podcast, so I'm I'm a tight ass with money. So I'm at the movie theater and they got one of those refrigerators where you can see what kind of beer it is. And I mean, I drink a beer that, you know, because I'm a, I'm a beer snob. So, you know, it's got to be like the most expensive weirdest tasting beer for me to like it and so it was eight dollars for a 12 ounce beer so i saw it and i was like oh you know it's been 60 days you know i'm celebrate i'm I'm with my son i'm not gonna get you know i'm not gonna get trashed i'm not gonna they only sell you two so i'm like 16 bucks you know i'm not gonna be able to get drunk off two beers so i'm just gonna buy one but i mean i smashed that thing through the credits i mean at the not even the credits the previews like it was gone before the movie started and 
of course I was sitting there, you know, cringing, like, you know, oh, should I go get my other beer that I'm allowed to have and spend another eight bucks? And and I came to the conclusion that I I could make it through this movie, and if I still wanted a beer, I could go probably buy a lot more for sixteen dollars than I could get at the movie theater. And yeah. so I decided to wait. So I mean, I actually made it through the movie, but I mean. It was tough. Like the rest of the day, I thought about it. So, I mean, I didn't physically, it wasn't like I was going through withdrawal, but I mean, the yeah. obsession you talk about, like I, it was like all day long, I was just thinking about it, you know, went out to eat after the movie with my son, didn't order any alcohol there, but I was like, it was on my mind the whole day. So yeah. I didn't say anything to anybody. And I actually got up the next morning and went to a, a meeting in my fellowship, but I didn't talk about that because I mean, I still felt good. I was like, you know, Hey, I I've defeated this thing. You know, now I'm like normal people. I can drink again, just drink a beer on special occasions. All I ever wanted to be was a normal person. Had a lady in therapy one time tell me that all an alcoholic ever wants to do is drink like a regular person. Amen. And uh, I was like, you know, 24. I was like, screw you, whatever. But um, I thought I'd be able to achieve that goal, but I, I never did. I never figured out the magic formula for that. But anyway, so <clears throat> what happened was the next day, well, that day, I think, after that meeting, I was talking to somebody in the program, and I was bragging to him about how, you know, I had drank successfully drank one beer. And he asked me, he said, have you talked to your sponsor about that? And I said, no, you know, I haven't talked to my sponsor. And he's like, well, I think you should. So, I mean, he was really cool. He'd had, he had a lot of, he had a lot of time in the program and, and he didn't say anything to piss me off, but he gave me a really good suggestion. So then I called my sponsor and I told him what happened. And, you know, he didn't like guffaw laugh at me, but, you know, just like, you know, understanding kind of laugh, you know, like he's like, we read this every meeting, man. One is too many and a thousand's never enough. He's like, now, you know, you're going to have to pick up another white chip, right? And I was like, okay. But I mean, it was at that point in my brain that I was like, well, if I'm picking up a white chip, man, you know, I'm going to go out and blow it out. So, you know, and, and like I said, like the day after I drank, I didn't really feel like a lot of guilt and shame and, and remorse. But I did the next day, and I had made up my mind that I was going to go back and pick up another white chip the next day. But man, I felt I felt lower than than you know a snake's belly for going out and just you know letting it all hang out. And, yeah. you know, I had to get myself a bottle of liquor. I had to buy some drugs. I mean, I had to do it up, you know, so that I could feel like I earned. But what I realized later, after I you know stayed clean was that you know that one beer it the next time it wouldn't have been one beer like you were saying so i mean i made it through that it was challenging but i i guess just you know sheer you know self-will like i will only drink this one beer to prove to myself that i can drink one beer but then it would have been the next time it would have been well i can just drink two beers because i was successful drinking one beer and something that i have found is like three beers and uh so I heard this comedian say a long time ago, this female comedian, it was hilarious, and I completely see it through the lens of recovery. But she was talking about being in Weight Watchers. And she said in Weight Watchers, you know, she had to keep track of her calories or whatever all week, but she was allowed to have a cheat day on, on Sunday. And she said she could either have uh, a piece of cake 
or two light beers? She goes, which one do you choose? She goes, two light beers. After two beers, who gives a shit about Weight Watchers? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And I'm like, no shit. Three beers, and who cares about 12-step recovery, man? The the disease is on the loose now. It's running the show. So, yeah. Right on. So, I mean, we we don't live in the past, and that's not what I'm asking you to do. But it's just, I I find it curious. Had... Had you had you not went and and said anything about and I'm not I'm not suggesting to anybody hiding your drinks I'm just saying you know you felt good about it you did it you were proud of yourself that you kept it to one. Um, do you think do you think you would have still went right back to it, even if you wouldn't well, have shared that with your with your sponsor and he wouldn't have said pick up another white chip? Do you, do you think you still would have went yeah. back? Well, and that's kind of what I was saying. I think would happen. So like the next time since I drank the one. Like I heard, um, and I and I don't know if you and I have ever talked about it, but like uh, Bob D, I've listened to a lot of his um, his speaker meetings on YouTube and stuff, and he was talking about one of his sponsees had a roommate, and uh, the guy went back out and he was drinking, and he and he didn't know whether he, his sponsee didn't know whether to kick the guy out or not, and he goes, well, let me ask you this, so how's it going when they drink? And he's like they're they're doing it like they were they were drinking and and having a good time and everything and and it wasn't like a shit show and he's like yeah you got to get away from that that guy he said you know if he was drinking and 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 everything all hell was breaking loose then you could see the unmanageability and everything but because he's doing it that's going to make you think that you can do that too and so that's my thing you know i think i would have started off and who knows how long it would have taken me to to go back down the elevator but uh you know i had that one beer and i struggled with it and then it would have been two beers then it would have been three beers and then i'd have been back at the bar buying some more dope so i mean i'm glad that i that i picked up the white chip and then i was pissed because you know you and i had both talked about where i'm trying to get a job right now and i had to have a year clean and sober to get the job and i was 60 days in and i and i went back and reset my sobriety date over one beer at a movie theater so I could watch a Marvel movie and prove to myself that I wasn't an alcoholic anymore after 60 days. So yeah, hindsight is 2020, but you know, fast forward today. I mean, I'm happy. I got a good relationship with my son. Um, now he knows, you know, he, and he said, I mean, you know, you know, people don't, he's only getting ready to turn in 19, but, but he's like, you know, we go out to eat and he's like, now you're not having a beer, right? Dad? I'm like, no man, I'm not having a beer, but I mean, it's just funny. So, you know, of course he probably didn't think it was a big deal. I was drinking that beer at the movie theater, but he saw what ended up coming from it. And, uh, so now he's looking out for me. So, (laughs) well, you'd mentioned uh, earlier too, you tried to moderate through life. Um, you know, I, I, from my experience, I, I did the same thing. Uh, it wasn't really moderating, but it was, you know, uh, if I just drink this amount every single night, everything's fine. I, I, I'm progressing. Yeah, I feel like shit every morning, but uh, I'm, I'm still getting the promotions. I'm still getting the raises. I'm still, you know, successful uh, to all outside eyes. Uh, talk a little bit about trying to moderate through, through everything and how you convinced yourself that it wasn't a problem even though you probably internally knew it was. Well, I think the the thing that I knew for me is, and I, and I think, you know, people 
people drink and use differently, but I was more of a weekend warrior and I was the kind of the guy that was like, I deserve this. You know, I made it through the week. I, I paid all my bills and, and, you know, I'm damn it. I'm an adult and I can do what I want to do kind of thing. So, um, I remember one time and, and things that I know now. So I went to, uh, cause I went to therapy and, and different things when I was in my twenties, things were getting out of control and I saw the train coming down the track and I uh, saw, so I'm thinking what this guy wanted to do had talks about in the big book about doing some controlled drinking and seeing how that works out for you. And so he said he wanted me to get, uh, he wanted me to drink two beers a night every night. And I was like, how about I drink zero beers Monday through Thursday. And then Friday I drink a 12 pack. And he was like, no, I want you to drink two beers. And I said, that's stupid, man. I'm not just going to drink two beers. But I cannot drink two beers for five days and then drink as many as I want on the fifth day. And Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, you know, I knew that it was was pointless. But, you know, I knew that there wasn't any sense in even getting started. If I wasn't going to be able to get loaded, what's the point? So, um. Yeah, you know that's how I moderated. So I, I had another lady. So I used to go towards the end of my my uh, drinking career. I would stop and get a pint of vodka on the way home. And I had the lady at the liquor store. She was giving me a hard time. She goes, "You know, you're wasting your money buying pints." And I'm like, "Okay, I, I you know, duh, I'm wasting money on alcohol." And she goes, "No, I mean, you get a better deal if you buy a half a gallon." And I said. It's not a better deal if you drink the whole freaking half gallon. Right. <laughs> just looked at me like, yeah, if I put a half gallon in my freezer, I might not smash that the first night, but I am going to be drunk every night until that thing's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I moderated because, you know, and, and I was, you know, I used to sell weed. So I always had weed and, you know, weed wasn't a problem for me. It wasn't like I sat down with a big old pile of it and smoked it until I passed out. But it would, you know, it would light the fuse, you know, because I'd smoke all day long. And anybody that smoked weed knows, I mean, I felt like crap by the end of the day and I was ready to get some beer. And then, you know, as soon as I started drinking some beer, I'm ready to go out and have a good time and get stupid, you know, go to the strip club or buy drugs or whatever. It never ended well for me. So I found that, you know, doing nothing, it works out a lot better for me because I can control the first one. So that's what I work on today, not putting the first one in there. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, the only one you really have control of is is the first one, not taking that first one for sure. I, I like how you said, uh, you know, I deserve this. I mean, I, I it, it took me back, man, when it first got out of control or it was a fifth of night, you know, um, you know, I'd, I'd wake up every morning saying, all right, I'm not doing this shit anymore. I, you know, it's too hard to get through the first few hours of work. You know, but then at the end of the day, you know, I, I I was moving up, I was doing safety, and then I moved up to project manager. So I was in control of everything. You know, we were making money hand over fist. I was bidding jobs at three times the amount that uh, we should be bidding, and they were giving them to us. And, you know, just patting myself on the back every single day and get home, say, like, yeah, fuck this, but it's not hurting me. I deserve it. I deserve, you know. Uh, my, you know, my marriage wasn't exactly happy at that time. So I was just like, ah, I, I, you know, I'll get home. I'll be a good dad. I'll pick up my kids. I'll go do the grocery shop and I'll cook dinner. 
you know, I'll, I'll put uh, my kids to bed. I'll put my wife to bed and then I'll be out on the couch. You know, it's my time. I deserve this. And that, that's, I mean, those words uh, convinced me to to go right back at it almost every single night. So I totally understand where you, you I mean, you, you can talk yourself into it. I mean, you, you make up all these excuses, you know, um, uh, you mentioned it too. You had a bad day, you know, your boss pissed you off. I'm going to drink, you know, I had a great day. I got a promotion. I'm going to drink. Um, eh, today was kind of boring. I'm going to drink, you know, um, you know, I just, it's, it is, uh, the big book has a lot to it uh, that I really like, you know, it is cunning, it is baffling and it is powerful. Uh, those three words are the best adjectives I think that you can use to describe this shit. Um, so you're, uh, you're obviously an AA guy, you're a sponsor guy, you're a 12 step guy. Um, that's what got me going. I've, 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 I, I still enjoy AA meetings. I still have my big both my big books that are look like rainbows on the inside from all the time I put into them. Um, I refer to AA a lot. Um, you know, you, you talked about the going back and getting the white chip thing. I, I, I get why they do that. That's accountability um, that they're, they're trying to hold you to, you know, you got to be honest. Um, I just, I, I think when that happens, you know, um, I think it's important to say, yeah, you got to start your timer over. Absolutely. Uh, but you didn't lose those 60 days. You still put that work in. I, I think it's important to focus on that, that you still did it. You know, I, in my experience, I've, I've heard people kind of just, you know, I think we focus too much on, on, on those, on the day timers sometimes, especially early on, you know what I mean? Because I know, I still remember very vividly that, you know, what it was like to think about getting that 90 day chip. You know, it was such a big deal. You know what I mean? So I remember in the past, I'd get my 60 day and then, you know, I would be coming up on that 90 day and then I would drink. And then I it, at least twice I lied and then said I didn't drink and I still accepted that chip because that chip meant so much to me. You know, it meant more than being honest. And and so sometimes I, I, I'm fearful that, you know, we, we're not getting the honesty that we need to from the people because of the fear of coming in and being honest about their fuck ups. You know what I mean? And I, I have uh, outside of myself, you know, and just a, you know some conversation that I heard. I don't really have anything to base that on, but that's just my fear sometimes. You know what I mean? In in the with the chips and the and the and the uh, keychains and or the key tags and all that stuff. There's, I totally, uh, I feel a lot of. Uh... Uh, with that but there's so many things in there it's like my brain's going crazy with it but i know for me one of the biggest things was you know having been a chronic relapser um so i all i ever really wanted to do like i said was you know just be able to use like a regular person drink like a regular person so um you know i one of the ways that i would try to moderate was like oh i'm only going to drink on the weekends or i'm only going to drink on one day a month or whatever i never accomplished that goal yeah. but that was something when i when i started to work the program and i was white knuckling it and trying to stay sober for forever and ever cuz that's where my my brain was focused on instead of just how about today we're not going to get drunk tomorrow we can get shit faced if we want but let's not do it today and uh but um, so what would happen is I, I got to a point for the first two years where I pretty much would make it 30 days and then I would go out and celebrate on day 31. And then I would come back in and pick up another white chip on day 32 and start the clock over again. But, you know, 
I was telling myself, you know, there's the I deserve it thing again. You know, hey, man, I went 30 days without drinking. It's got to be healthier for me. I know it saved me money, you know. Um, you know, if I could just do this every once in a while, and I don't even know if that was a conscious decision or just m- a mind fuck, but, and, and so I got in the, in the habit of doing that for, you know, two years, but then I felt really guilty because I knew that I was, you know, I was doing something that was not the way, what I had wanted to do. It there wasn't the long term goal. So I think that's important. We not said. I think that's do what? what you just said. It's not you weren't doing what you wanted to do, and I think right. that that's the important thing. It, you have to do it for you. If if and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but that was kind yeah. of my point. You know, I'm, I'm I'm hearing all these different perspectives here. So you didn't want to be clean for 30 days, <clears throat> use for one day, and then clean for 30 days. You didn't want that, so you wanted to do something different. And I think when people get into the program of AA <clears throat> and they they don't want to drink because they're doing it for these other people and they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to hear or, or go back and, and, you know, get that white chip again. Um, that won't work. You have to do it for you. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think oh, you, you said something, you said something very important there. So, um, you know, so what I ended up having to do was I had to stop counting because what I realized was that I had just changed my pattern from drinking every day to drinking every 30 days. And so I'd get to day 28, you know, and then I would be like, Oh, you know, it's, you know, a couple of days yep. I'm picking up my 30 day chip. I can go out and get drunk. And yep. so I had to change my mindset and say, you know, no, that's not what we're doing. And, and the only way that I was able to do that was when I finally got the, the one day at a time down, which I had been trying to get surrender in one day at a time and all that, you know, down for for literally for years and i never could do it and um and so i i was talking to this old timer uh when i finally started to to grasp the concept of wait oh i don't have to do this for the rest of my life i just have to do it today because it's it's all perspectives and mindset and it's so you know it's it's so subtle but he said you know you know i i remember when i started to get that concept but when i what i realized was i was living one day at a time before i was just living to get loaded one day at a time i wasn't like oh i have to have enough booze in my house to last me for the rest of the year it's like no i got to get to the store tonight before the liquor store closes and get enough to last me through tonight and then i wake up tomorrow and i worry about tomorrow and so, you know, I was literally in a one day at a time mindset before I was just killing myself with it instead of, you know, so, um, you know, when I got to the point where, and, and I think I talked about it because we were talking about it with the, uh, with the guest the last time. And he was like, you know, cause he doesn't do 12 step and he's like, you know, I got a vacation coming up. Am I going to drink? I don't plan to, but if I want to, maybe I will, we'll see what happens. And I mean, I was talking about, I've had to do that in recovery. So like, you know, they talk about reservations and I had a sponsor when I was in early recovery and I had like 45 days. And I mean, anybody who has been doing this thing for a long time knows that, you know, you might not drink, but every once in a while, your brain's going to tell you, tell you it's a good idea to drink. And I have to say, well, it's never been a good idea before. So maybe it's also not a good idea, but, but that's, 
that's got to be my decision. And I have to, I have to want to not drink more than I want to drink. So I would, I was talking to him and we were on our way to a meeting. He came and picked me up because this was during the time when I didn't have a license because I had gotten my, uh, had my stroke and they took my license away. And uh, so, you know, I've heard of sponsors having different kinds of, you know, you know, different sponsors work different ways. But so we're on our way to a meeting. He's driving and I confide to him. I'm like, hey, you know, I've been thinking at 90 days, maybe I can drink. And uh, he reacted in a way that I did not expect. I mean, I think he was kind of a tool about it. He was just like, hey, man, if you're planning on drinking, you know, why are we even going to a meeting? Let's go to the bar right now. And I know a dude that's got some drugs, man. And I was like, are you insane? I mean, and I I don't think he actually would have gotten some drugs, but I think he was just trying to show me how ridiculous it was. But it didn't work. I was just like okay never mind i'm good you know i was just thinking about it man so i went to the meeting with him but i made up my mind at that moment i was like yeah i need to get a different sponsor and i mean i still talk to the guy today i mean he went out celebrated with me when i picked up my year i don't hate on him i just what what i try to do is i've had so many sponsors that i've kind of taken a little bit of each one and decided that when i get to the point where i sponsor people i know what to do and what not to do so, I mean, you know, maybe that was something that worked for him when he was in early recovery and he was yeah. thinking about going back out. Maybe he had a tough love sponsor, old timer, that was like, hey, you know, let's go get drunk. Here's 20 bucks. I've heard that. Here's 20 bucks, man. If you want to drink, go to the bar. I mean, that's not how I would do it. You know, all I needed at that point was a little encouragement or somebody saying, hey, man, it's normal to have stupid thoughts like yeah. that. But, you know, we don't have to drink today. But it's whatever, you know, whatever works for you. The, the sponsor that I have now, you know, he's got 10 years clean and sober. And, uh, you know, I, I can look back and see, you know, he kind of handled me with kid gloves in the beginning when I needed a lot of attention and was there for me. And, and you know, he slowly but surely kind of taught me how to do it. You know, I still have to talk to him. I talk to him every day, but he doesn't like have to hold my hand anymore. Like I've started to, my mind started to clear up. So sometimes I just need a little encouragement that what I have decided is actually the right thing. Cause like he says, we can't spot self-deception. So, I mean, if I have some idea that's obviously out in left field, you know, he's going to be like, eh, you know, I have a suggestion for you, you know, or, Oh yeah, I did that once. And this is what happened. But I mean, you know, they say that, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I think that's from like Eastern philosophy, but that's what's happened with me. I've had lots of sponsors and they've all helped me. I've gained something from every single one of them, but the one I have now is the one that I need right now. So, I mean, I'm just thankful that, yeah, you know, think- it's working. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think a lot of good points there, man. I, I really pre- appreciate you going into detail on that. I think, um, when you when you get into AA, if you have a bad sponsor and you go and drink about that, that was just an excuse that you created to to drink because that's what you wanted to do. Um, you did the right sure. thing. You, you know, he he said what he said, and and you you moved on to somebody else. And if you're strong enough to do that, that's the way you're going to do it. I mean, you're going to walk into assholes anywhere that you you go in life. Uh, it's going to be a boss, coworker, uh, a relative. You know, you can find a reason to drink at any point and it shows, you know, strength and change when when that happens and you don't drink over it. You don't use it as an excuse. Absolutely. 
Well, coming up here in 40 minutes, brother. All right, man. But, uh, so, yeah, no, I, go ahead and... it was always my sponsor's fault that I drank. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, all right. So, what's coming up? You got a, you got, you just got your year chip. Um, you're, you're waiting on a job. You know, things are looking pretty good, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Things are looking good. I'm, I'm getting ready to do a second interview. Um, so it took me, I had to, I had to do a couple classes. One was like a 50 hour class. That was state certification. And then you had to get like 20 extra hours. Well, I did it backwards because I had a friend that took the class and he told me about this other program where you could get the extra hours. And so I just took that class first. And then when I, when I finished the 50 hour class, I already had the 20 hours and sent off for my, and I'm working through vocational rehab in North Carolina because I had my stroke. So they uh, reimbursed me for gas going back and forth to the class and they're paying for the class. So, um, yeah, and then I go to 12-step recovery also at my church, and uh, the recovery pastor, when I told him I got a peer support thing, he, he said, give me a copy of your resume. And so then I had some dudes hit me up that he knows that work with some of the programs that they do. And um, so, you know, they're the ones that, that interviewed me. And uh, it was funny because I was telling the recovery pastor Monday because um, that's when we have our – group there so i i went and talked to the guy originally and interviewed with him and he said things went really good but he said he was just kind of running interference for the owner because they had some people that were knuckleheads that my word not theirs but um and they he he really didn't want to talk to anybody until they'd been screened by this other guy and so the the owner called me and he was like asked me what's going on. And I told him, I said, yeah, the recovery pastor at my church and i told him his name i said he's the one that referred me and he goes yeah i don't really like that guy and I was like, uh, I was like, well, uh, you know, I didn't know what to say. I wasn't going to trash talk him, but I was like, well, he's always nice to me. And he goes, I'm just messing with you, man. He's a cool guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, I would have been like, yeah, he's a jerk. I don't like him either. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. So then I told the recovery pastor what he said, and he was cracking up. And he goes, yeah, he's he's a card. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I uh, I wish you uh, all the luck in your second interview and and moving forward and. Uh... It's always fun, man. You 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 bring a lot of energy and uh, and a lot of AA uh, uh, wisdom uh, to the table when we have these discussions. I think uh, a goal of mine in the future is to have uh, a strong AA presence on here in a panel episode, um, and then somebody who is uh, a couple other people from different pathways, and just to have a discussion and and you know talk about what works uh, for everybody in those situations and or those uh, those groups. And um, you see the similarities and the differences, and then that way the listeners can decide what sounds best for them. I think that's a really good thing to do here in the, in the future. So uh, I appreciate your time again, my friend. I'm glad we got to hook up and give you, a, you know, a, a, your own spotlight because you deserve it. You're doing great things. Um, so I wish you the best, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon, my friend. All right. I appreciate it, man. I've enjoyed it. Talk to you All later, right. Scott. See you, Robert. All right.